Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. Hey everybody, it's Brendan Bouchard, and welcome back to another episode of The Brendan Show. Hey guys, it's Brendan Bouchard, and welcome to another episode of The Brendan Show. Hey, in this one, I'm really excited to share with you a conversation about developing a higher level of gratitude and positivity in your life, and how to do that 
in uncommon ways. Look, I know you already know you should have a gratitude journal and, and you should be thankful and, and the world is good, but how do you really develop that so that it sticks is the conversation of this week's episode. So I've got six strategies and we're gonna jump into these and I really want you to write these down. So make sure you have a journal and you just write it across the top of it. Six uncommon strategies for developing greater gratitude, right? Six uncommon strategies for developing greater gratitude. Hopefully some of these are common sense, but I'm gonna ask you to do something today and that is to rate yourself on how well you've been doing at these things. And when I ask you to rate yourself, I'm gonna ask you to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. One, you suck at these things, <laughs> you know? You're terrible and you know it. 10, you're so good at this, other people see you as a role model. They're like, wow, this person's really figured out this part of their life. And so that's how I want you to rate yourself on each of these. We're gonna jump into the very first uncommon strategy for developing greater gratitude right now. And here it is. Notice your complaints. Now, it's hard to be grateful for something and complaining at the same time. I know you know that. But what you'll also see is that it's easy today to get trapped into um, this cycle that everybody's in of complaining, right? We complain about uh, our leaders. We complain about our team. We complain about social media. We complain about television. We complain about the media. We complain about the traffic. We complain about the goals. We complain about the things not working. We complain about the inconveniences. And if you actually listen, and I want you to really encourage you to do this, if you actually start listening for how often people complain, I think you'll be stunned. And I think if you'll start listening to how often you complained, you'll be disparaged. You'll start going, I never realized I complained so much. And I'm not, I, I know it's making an assumption because I don't know you. And maybe you actually are some, one of those people who you score a 10 here. You go, look, I'm very aware of my complaining. I don't complain. I keep a positive mindset. But I'm curious about how often you complain, speaking it out loud, but also internal, right? We, a lot of us complain all day long in our brain. We might not say it to our spouse or our team, but we like, we think someone's talking to us and our mind goes, oh, here we go again. She's going to say it again. I know it. I cannot believe it. And maybe we're not expressing it to her, but our mind's like, I can't believe this person here. And you just, the complaint is inside. Those count. Notice you're complaining. It might not be what you're just saying. We always think of complaining as just the verbiage going out. It's also the thoughts spinning inside. So how often do you complain about your boss in your mind? How often do you complain about your work in your mind? How often do you complain about your spouse? How about those kids? How about the inconveniences that you have to face every day? How many times have you actually complained incessantly about politics in the last 12 months. Mm. <laughs> My guess is it's been a lot because most of society is there. And you know, I'm one of those people probably like you who really loves human behavior. And so I'm one of those guys who I just love to sit and watch people at the airport or love to sit and watch people at cafes. And it is amazing how many people look and they're talking like this. This that's their life. They look like that all the time. That's a complaining positive that, that you just know. That is their complaining physiology. 
And I want to know, what do you look like throughout the day? Do you look like you're complaining or that you look like you're happy? Because it's hard to do both at the same time. And so you need to notice your complaints. And when I say this, here's what I want you to do. Write down, what are the three things you complain the most about? Is it traffic? Politicians? Your work? The garbage? Spouse? Garbage spouse? What is it? I want you to write it down. Just write it down like, these are the three things I complain the most about. And then I want you to set yourself a 10-day challenge. You don't get to complain about any of those things at all in the next 10 days. And if you do, if you hear yourself complaining about any of those things in the next 10 days, you need a consequence. And if you don't have one, uh, a very popular one in behavioral dynamics or in behavioral change, is to make you donate something to somebody you don't like. So let's say you are a staunch Republican, then okay, you have to donate $100 per complaint to the Democratic Party. If you're a staunch Democrat, $100 for each complaint to the Republican Party. If you just absolutely hate eating kale, you just hate kale. Every single time you complain, bowl of kale right down your throat. You got to eat it. <laughs> you don't get a choice. You need a negative consequence for all these complaining in your life. And the best thing is, if you're watching this with family or friend members, or family or team members, for them to keep you accountable for this. Because look, how easy is it to slip into complaining? But it's a slippery slope, you know it. There is a fine line between you know, complaining once or twice a week to now complaining once or twice per day to complaining once or twice per morning to complaining once or twice per hour. Complaining is a very scary thing. It's kind of like if you start saying the F word a lot. Have you ever noticed like if you start, if you're around someone and they say the F word, they swear a lot, and now you do it so, so like casually? Well, complaining is like that. Number two, I like this one. Oh, it's so hard. Ready? Don't gossip. You gotta stop. Gossip is a little bit different than complaining, right? Complaining can just be negative, blah, blah, blah. Gossip is speaking about other people. And usually when we're gossiping, we're speaking about other people with an element of drama. Did you see what this celebrity did? Oh my God, did you hear that you know, these coworkers did this in the closet? Did you hear that this happened over there? And we start saying all these things about other people. And you know what that happens? It starts, that is a slippery slope from gossip to complaining. It is such a fine line. And I've seen so many good people turn into bad people through gossip because gossip quickly tilts over to negativity. If you've been around me, you know, you know I rarely ever speak about other people at all unless it's a compliment. Very rarely do I talk about anything. Uh, other people in my marketplace, uh, other people uh, in the major news or the media, I'm not a person that talks about other people unless I'm championing them. And I chose to do that because that was not what I was experiencing when I was first starting my career. Um, there was so much gossip about other people in my industry, and I mean from what they eat, to where they're going out, to who they're hanging out with, to what they wear, to just the stupidest stuff. And listen, if you spend a lot of your time on stupid, you miss life's blessings. Isn't it true? 
The more time you spend on stupid, meaningless things, the less time for noticing meaningful things. Isn't true? That's why we need you to get rid of gossip. Gossip is filler. And if there's filler of stupid in your life, of stupid conversations, of stupid gossip about other people, of reading those dumb magazines that add no value to your life or no value to your education, and you're reading all the gossip rags and all the gossip tweeting and all the gossip social media, every little thing that you're pulling from that, it is feeding your heart and your soul. And it is a meal. And so if you're eating junk food all day, you have no room for health food. Make sense? And if you have no room for health food, you're never going to get healthier until you remove the unhealthy food. We can say all day long, cram kale down your throat. It's not going to make you healthier if you're still consuming the bad stuff. Well, this is what's happening for people. They're not feeling grateful and alive. They say, Brendan, I just want to feel alive. And I say, well, then stop gossiping because gossip is junk food, right? It's filler. The more filler, the less room. So you got to think about it. Gossip is meaningless conversation about others. Meaningless diatribes, conversations, interests about things that don't matter. The more things in your life that don't matter, the less room for those that do. Okay, number three, ladies and gentlemen, such an uncommon strategy for developing greater gratitude. Maybe one of my favorite ones. And this is something that, gosh, I wish more people would do. And that is read historical biographies of great leaders. Read historical biographies. You're like, wow, Brendan, this is really heating up. This is exciting stuff right here, buddy. <laughs> but listen, listen, do you know the number one reason I believe people aren't more grateful? What do you think it is? What's, what, what's yours? What's the number one reason most people aren't grateful? Why don't you take a few minutes, a few moments, just think about it. My answer, if you ask me, is one simple word, perspective. We lack gratitude because we lack perspective, right? We get caught in our comfortable lives where, you know, things aren't so dire for most people. Most people are getting through their day, going by just fine, you know. Uh, they might be struggling, um, but maybe they're not suffering at levels other people are. And what I have found in being deeply connected to history is how far we've come. You know, uh, it's pretty hard to complain about the world when you read history. Specifically, I like to read historical biographies of people because it shows you how far they came, how difficult of circumstances they were challenged with, and they kept rising up over and over and over again. It shows you their perspective of what they appreciated, what they fought and battled against, and it makes you realize that, you know, the traffic that you're facing in your nice, you know, relatively new SUV as you're taking the kids to a nice school um, ain't such a big deal. It shows you that, like, oh, you know that tiny apartment that maybe you don't like or you're not in love with? That, boy, you know, it's a whole lot better than living in a tent city in a refugee camp. It's history gives us sort of perspective. It's, yeah, gosh, today was really stressful. We're not in war. There's not bombs dropping on our head, right? There's so many, gratitude gets deep with perspective. 
So here's another one. This will make you the happiest you've ever been in your entire life. And you're probably not doing it as much as you could. And that's this one. Volunteer. Americans used to volunteer a lot. Now, very little. And outside of donations, you know, giving campaigns, Americans are volunteering less and less hours year after year after year after year. Now, some studies, by the way, would dispute that, but we do know that volunteer membership is down, right? Junior Achievement, Kiwanis, YMCA, Rotary, Lions, all experiencing dramatic drops in membership over the last decades, and it's too bad because community service and hours out in the community will make you happy. And so for you, you have to find what is something you can do in your community that allows you to volunteer for those who are less fortunate. Now, I'm not saying, now I want you to really listen to that. Volunteer for those less fortunate. I know that we can say, well, Brennan, I volunteered at the Modern Museum of Art to you know, admit people. And I'm like, so you waited and you helped people, rich people, get admittance to a fancy museum. I don't diminish that in terms of volunteer experience, but I'm not sure that's gonna make you that much more of a grateful person. I think you need to get in a soup kitchen and you need to get around really poor people who are hungry and displaced and scared. Because when you get around that, you appreciate your secure life. And I'm not saying everybody watching this, that we're all rich and everything's great and we're all privileged, because I know a lot of people watch this, we're in personal development land. We're, we're trying to get better and improve the quality of our lives. So please don't make this a, you know, rich people versus poor people, poverty versus that. I'm just saying that for whatever level you're at, I guarantee there's a level there of those who are less fortunate than you are. Get in their vicinity every single month in some time of volunteer activity and you'll find yourself, you won't complain as much because sometimes we just got to see things to really feel them. And I think that the happiest people that I've met my entire life were volunteers. Next up, this is a good one. I like this one. Uh, someone told me these two things, and uh, it made a big difference. It was one of my first bosses, if I remember right. They said, how many of your discussions do you address luck and beauty? And this was their two things they gave me, and I really liked it. Luck and beauty. So how often do you say, I'm so lucky. Honey, we're so lucky. We're so blessed. You know, look at it. How did that turn out? That was so lucky. To acknowledge the coincidences of life that are blessings. Because uh, uh, there were things that came into your life that you didn't draw, you didn't attract. Nice, positive, wonderful things that are there for you. I, and people go, some people say there's no luck, there's no coincidence. I'm not, I'm not, that's cool. But you can still talk about it that way. You can still acknowledge luck. You know, um, my wife and I are constantly, matter of fact, every time I get on a plane, right before the plane takes off, I'm always texting my wife and telling her that I feel like the luckiest man on the planet. And she always writes back, you know, hashtag luckiest. That's like, we always are doing that with each other because we want each other to know that in any given circumstance, imagine, you know, imagine if that plane I'm on crashes. I want her to know that I feel lucky for my life, that I felt blessed every moment that I was here on this planet. And it's important to me because that luck draws reference for life, right? Really important. But then beauty too. Like, uh, my wife is really good at pointing out beautiful things. You know, whether it's a, a beautiful floral display or beautiful trees or beautiful sunset or a beautiful rainbow. I mean, literally, last night when I left this office, she texted a picture of a rainbow outside of our house. 
And uh, she's really good at calling that out. But you can do that as simple things, little design things that are beautiful. Point those out. But here's the operative word, discuss. There's one thing, noticing the rainbow. And then there's another one, telling 10 people, hey, guys, you see the rainbow? Different, right? One is just intellectual. Oh, it's pretty. The other one is putting the expression into the observation. And once you express the observation, remember, an expression is emotion, you feel more reverence for life. So think about all the conversations you've had in the last six months. How often do you talk about luck? How often did you talk about beauty? And if those aren't there, how could you expect to have a deeper level of gratitude? This is my last advanced strategy. And it's something that, ironically, I thought most people still did, and then I found out that most people don't. And that is, write love letters. I want you to write love letters to your spouse, to your kids, to your aunts, and to your uncles, and to uh, anyone you care about in your life. And I want you to write it with your hand. And they still make these things, God, what are they called? Um, it's like this tube. And the tube's usually about yay long. And it, in the tube, there's a liquid. And what happens when you press this metal part of the liquid against this parchment paper, what happens is the liquid comes out onto the paper. I mean, it's amazing. I, I, most people don't know that because they can't hold it because their hands are like this all the time. So if we could get you to stop typing, because you know when you're like this all the time, right, or like this all the time, it's hard to hold a pen when you just can't. Do you ever talk to someone, you're still thumbing through something, but you're not holding the phone? Yeah, I know, you're like that. Lots of people are doing that. Put the phone down, put the computer aside. Don't email them a thank you letter or a love letter. Write a letter to them, like a love letter. Like tell them why you appreciate them, why they're amazing, why they're extraordinary, why you're thankful for them, and write it. And no, don't just do what I just said in five sentences. I'm appreciative of you. I'm thankful for you, heart, your name. No, do a little bit more than that. Write a letter. Write a love letter. You know, there's something about the act of writing that changes people, and they know this from psychology tests too, is that when you make somebody write a letter of gratitude or a letter of love, it's very different emotional and in a, um, sort of, I'm sorry, brain activity than it is just typing it. It's very different. When you're writing it, you're feeling it, right? And it's your art, it's your words, and on a piece of paper, it changes the game. So I wanna challenge you to think about that. When's the last time you wrote a love letter to, if you have parents and they're still alive and you love them, write them a letter. If you have a, 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 somebody who has really served you and taken care of you or role modeled something for you in life, write them a letter. If you've got that spouse and you haven't dropped her or him that note for a long time, stop waiting to write half a card on Valentine's and write them a real letter and do it more consistently. You will feel it. It will make you happy. And what happens for a lot of people, the reason they're not gratitude is they lost the language of thankfulness. Because what do they do? They go, thank you, comma, and write their name. And that's their language of gratitude. So if you challenge yourself to write a one, two, three, four page love letter to people, it broadens, it's like a challenge. And as you do that more and more and more as a challenge, it grows that muscle of gratitude and you get better at being grateful. 
I honor you for your continuing education, for your commitment to living the best life for you, your family, your career, that sense that inside, you know you're very lucky to be here, that this moment is blessed, that we should all be grateful for every breath that we take in, and that we should all be grateful for our family, our friends, and our opportunities to serve in the world. Go out there every single day and serve gratefully. Thanks, everybody. If you're ready to take your life to a whole new level, make sure you grab my book, High Performance Habits, How Extraordinary People Become That Way. It's available on Amazon right now. And when you order your copy, you're really supporting my channel and the message. And you're also getting a book that will reveal to you 20 years of my research into what is it that helps people go to a new level of success in their life. What does it really take? What habits are proven to help you reach long-term success in your career, your health, your personal life, your relationships. It's called High Performance Habits, How Extraordinary People Become That Way. It's available on Amazon right now. Hey, it's Brandon. I'm jumping in here to tell you about another show on the Growth Day Podcast Network. Yes, both of my shows are on the Growth Day Podcast Network. My show, Motivation with Brandon Burchard and Marketing with Brandon Burchard. Those two shows are sponsored by the Growth Day Podcast Network. But we have four other incredible shows that we have launched with. The first show is Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Trent is just an incredible motivational speaker. If you've never seen this guy on stage or listened to his podcast, go subscribe to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. He's got over 12 million fans online. Why? Because he just brings the fire. He's so incredibly passionate. He's so knowledgeable about the struggles we have with our mental health, with our relationships. Um, and like I said, He's just absolutely a beast on stage. When you see Trent bring it, it's so incredible. Well, his podcast is a reflection of that. I mean, Trent's one of those guys charging 50 or $100,000 per keynote talk, and you can go access his podcast for free. That absolutely blows my mind. That's why I love podcasting. So go just subscribe to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. It's an incredible show that will keep you inspired You'll hear about his real life struggles as he's trying to deal with his health. You know, being a former NFL player, an athlete, when he gets injured, or how he's trying to build his business, or how he's trying to maintain positive relationship in his life where, as a creator, you know, so many people are judgmental. He's an incredible force in this world, a great friend, and somebody I know you'll learn a lot from. I just love his episodes. So go to Straight Up with Trent Shelton and subscribe today. Hey, it's Brendan, and I want to tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple of years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they'd recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, 
My members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came along Circle. And it's just at the website circle.so. So just go to circle.so. And you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because, you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in, I've got paying members coming in, I've got all these different products or courses or programs, and, and they've always had these different logins, they've been all over the place. Now, with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post, I can post, we can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio, so can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have? Trust me, building it out on your own, not an option. Too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses this. US presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10 digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video and you can send audio. And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. You know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com, just like it sounds, community.com. Check it out.